Welcome to our Wednesday night teaching podcast, brought to you by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. And now, this week's teaching. Tonight we're going to look into Psalm 43. There's just five verses. So first of all, I want to just go through this and read it. Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Hallelujah. Truth be known, and we say this a lot, and it just comes right off our lips. I'm not sure how many times we think about what it really means, but we say God is my all in all. He's our all in all. Well, it means that He is our everything. What's left out? Nothing. He is our everything all the time and in every situation. There's no other source of wherewithal. I love the word wherewithal. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, whatever the situation, it's, it's there. He is our source of wherewithal. You know, when I was doing contract work for the DOD and I'd I was going to be sent somewhere. You know, the first thing I did was I looked up on a map of the place. I'm like, where is the nearest Walmart Supercenter? Because <laughs> if there's a Walmart Supercenter, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> they got whatever I may need at whatever time I may need it. Well, God is more than that to us. But that's kind of a rough description. He is our all in all at any time. He is our author and our perfecter. He is our breath, our life. He is our joy and our song. He is our rewarder. And he is our reward. Let that mess with your head. Yet amazingly, we still have to remind ourselves of that. Or is it just me? Well, in our communication with God, we need to recall who and what He is for us. We should be, if we have to, be more and more specific until we realize how overwhelmingly dependent we are upon Him. So we learn to acknowledge our need of God and seek His favor every day. 
In this passage, the psalmist here, one of the sons of Korah, and you may, there are some words here that are similar to the previous psalm that get repeated here. But he, he proclaims Jehovah God, our all in all, as five important things. He's his judge. He is God, his strength. He is God, his guide. And he is God, his joy. And he is God, his hope. And there's important things that I'd like to point out about those. Verse 1 talks about him as our judge. A judge can mean several things. In this case, it seems to mean the, not only the one who makes the actual final call or judgment, but also an advocate. Vindicate me, O God. Defend my cause against an ungodly people. Now, he's not talking about defending you against something you should have been smarter than to get yourself into to begin with. You go out here and break laws, pay the debt. You're going to pay the debt. But he's talking about when people conspire against you, not just in your mind, but when it's really going up. <laughs> I'm not paranoid. People are really after me. No. But when, and this is what, this person was experiencing in his own life where people are conspiring against him. They're not either not taking time to understand who he is, where he's coming from, and what was going on, or they're bringing up the past or whatever. They're bent on destroying him. They're turn, taking facts and putting them out of context. We all know what that means, Right? When you take the Word of God like Satan did and you turn it for your own purpose, it becomes a lie. He tempted Jesus. Or he, he tried to tempt Jesus. Of course, Jesus is the personification of the Word Satan was trying to pervert. Anyway, that didn't work. And we need to have that same Word in us. But he calls out to God to vindicate him to be my defense against, I can't handle this. It's coming from every direction. They take everything I say and they twist it and they turn it for their own cause. Vindicate me, O oh God, instead of us taking up the sword to defend ourselves. We realize that God is our judge. His judgment is what matters. So he places himself in the hands of the righteous judge to determine the ultimate outcome versus manipulative and ungodly accusers. He recognizes God as his counsel, as his advocate, and ultimately his vindication. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. So when we follow Christ... Pursuing after Jesus, our cause is in God's hands. It may look like people are turning our motivations in on themselves. Be patient. Pray. 
for God will vindicate us. Our cause is in His hands when we do what He's called us to do. We must walk by faith and not by sight. Our, our eyes will deceive us. We must remind ourselves that God is our only righteous judge. Though this world would pronounce its sentence upon us, our vindication is from the Most High God, judge of all the earth below and the heavens above. Praise the Lord. From that point, he, he recognizes God as his strength. He says, for, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. You ever been there? God, I'm depending on you. I can't do anything without you. In those moments when it seems like everything's fallen apart, he says, why have you rejected me? One day I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemy. Here he humbly acknowledges that his only defense and his only hiding place is found in Jehovah. He has no strength except what God provides. So he calls out to God for intervention. And I know this from firsthand experience with the stroke that nothing makes a person feel any more vulnerable than feeling needy, than weakness. When you feel like you can get only hold on to life with each breath, you're just struggling. But God, God was my strength then, and he's my strength right now. That has never changed. When I am overwhelmed by the oppression and slander of my enemies, and whenever I feel abandoned, alone, and weak, I'm going to throw my hands up and quit. <laughs> no, no, that's not what he says. I will lift up my complaint to you, O God, for you alone are the strength of my life. Whether I be physically weak or strong, it's all from you. Come quickly to my rescue. I remember us a warfare, a spiritual warfare song we used to sing. Summon your power, O God. Show us your strength as you've done before. <laughs> and let me hide beneath the shelter of your wings. For he is our hiding place, our refuge. God is my judge and God is my strength. Whom shall I fear? That's a different psalm, but anyway. Then he, then he says, he claims him as his God because he says, Lord, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them lead me. Instead of me trying to get you to follow after me and bless what I'm doing. Let your word and your light lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. He seeks application of God's law to his life. Like we would seek the same thing, God's word to us. That his path would be illuminated. That he successfully reach his destination, God's holy hill. And we all know there is no place like the place of the presence of Jehovah 
the ever-existent, self-existent, and all-sufficient one. And today we're blessed to have his word and his spirit to guide us in his way. We can consult the scriptures and commune with him at any, t- at any time. Think about it. I remember back when we had, you know, party lines and stuff like that. You pick up the phone, somebody may be talking. Or you may call and you get a busy signal. You don't have to worry about that with God. <laughs> and there's no long distance charge. But there is a requirement on our part for this communication to take place. We have to open the door. We have to invite him in. I don't know if you're aware, but in Revelation 3.20, he was, it was a word to the believers at Laodicea, I believe, one of the churches, not to sinners. We've heard it as an invitation for sinners, and I guess that's fine, but it was written to the believers. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking to us. Whoever will hear and come and open that door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. Have you heard him knock lately? Have you been listening? He wants to commune with us. So each day we need to acknowledge God as our God and spend time with Him. And when I think about that, I think about the song, for some reason came to my mind, Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, Spirit, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word and let there be light. He is our God. The next thing we see in the psalmist calling God is his joy. He says, then I will go. You've given me light. You've shown my way and I will go to the altar of God. To God my exceeding joy. Exceeding is surpassing above and beyond. My exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre. O God, my God, I will praise you with what you've talented, you skilled me with. I will give you my best and I will hold nothing back. He offers, he vows to offer sacrifices to God hilariously with joy and song once his eyes are open to the path of God's presence you know he dwells within our praise right knowing his feet are firmly planted in God's word he can rejoice even in the midst of enemies his deliverance being assured assured he will hold nothing back And that's really one of the awesome things about when God speaks, when God moves in your life, 
whether it's when you're saved or filled with the Spirit or whatever it is, I've had several circumstances because I'm spiritually high maintenance, just in case here, you know. Where God had to speak to me, I wouldn't, I mean, I was like, a couple of times I'm like, God, I'm not going anywhere until you show me the way, because this is, I can't live like this. And God always shows up. But uh, in that moment when he speaks, if someone's observing, they don't notice anything. Nothing's changed. But with you, everything has changed. And I was sitting there with a stroke, and the right arm started tingling, and my thoughts are going the wrong way. But when God spoke to my heart, none of that changed. It was still tingling, but the fear was gone. Oh, it's amazing because you're sitting and imagine it's like the 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 what's that Psalm twenty three. The Lord is my shepherd. And at the end, it talks about in the midst of his enemies, <laughs> God anointing his, his head with the wool. <laughs> you prepare a feast before me in the midst of my enemies and anoint my head with the wool. My joy overflows. It's crazy. God is, is crazy good. Hallelujah. And I want to take a moment to go to read something from Nehemiah here. Remember where we're at. Talking about joy, God being our joy. When he has shown us the way to his presence and we go there to his altar and we begin to rejoice in him. In Nehemiah chapter 8. And this, the chapter before in 7, it talks about the list of exiles that have returned from Babylon. And then these are people, some who were born while in Babylon in captivity. There were a few of them, you know, 70 years or so had passed. Some of them had been taken and returned and, and they had said previously, how many of you are here and saw this temple in its former glory? And you'd look and see what you have now. And it was a sad thing. And, but there was all this time without all the, the things of the temple not going on. Hearing the word of the Lord. And they found the book and opened it up. And in Nehemiah, I'm going to go ahead and start with verse 6 instead of 8. I'm going to read through 12. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. Amen. And lifting up their hands, and they bowed their head and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And they named some other people there, the Levites. Help the people to understand the law while the people remained in their place. They read from the book, from the law of God, clearly. And they gave the sense. They explained to them so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, because the people were, were weeping. 
when they begin to understand how far they had gone from God. And right in front of them was a, a picture of a destroyed temple. There was a, I mean, it was a demonstration of, what's the word I'm looking for? A display of, of what all of this means. Everything that was lost. Sometimes we've been there. And they hear the words of the Lord and they realize how far they have gone, how far they have sinned. And yet, because of the command of the Lord, they were told, do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, but for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let his joy overtake you. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet. Do not weep, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions to make great rejoicing. Because why? They understood the words that was declared to them. It's an amazing thing when God speaks to your heart. You can express it different ways when the Logos becomes Rhema, however you want to express it. But in that moment when God speaks to your heart, however it happens, is an amazing thing. You know, I've been in those places where I didn't think I could take another step until God spoke to my heart. And then after He spoke to my heart, I'm thinking, what was that I was bothered by? And it's like, like a lot of times we say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about this. or the, No, you won't. You, you won't even be going, what was that I was going to ask God about? You won't even do that. There will be no questions. It will be all joy, thank God. Hallelujah. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. So understanding the way of the Lord is cause for rejoicing. Understanding the way of the Lord is cause for rejoice. <laughs> so let's rejoice. Come on, people. <laughs> Though the word may bring conviction and correction, it conveys the heart of God to restore you to himself. He disciplines those he loves as true sons. So we bring to him the sacrifice of praise. For the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Praise the Lord. And I thought about the old chorus, Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. You know, if you're missing joy, well, let's go sing to the Lord. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. I apologize for my voice, but anyway. Hallelujah. And finally, he calls the Lord his hope. He says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you so cast down? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. 
for I shall again praise him. Can you see? What he recognizes at that point is this is not the end. I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He understands that God is more than helping the here and now, but his plans and care for him extend into his future. For he will have occasion to exalt Jehovah again and again. First Corinthians fifteen nineteen, Paul states, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. For Christ is our what was the song? Living hope. For Christ is our living hope. It's a hope that endures. Paul says somewhere else, he says, a hope that does not disappoint us. We can praise God in the present, knowing that we will glory in his deliverance again and again. And all because of Jesus Christ, our living hope. The song says, the cross is spoken. I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. So be sure this week to acknowledge your need of God and seek his favor each day. Especially grateful for these five areas we've talked about today. You are our judge, our vindication from lies, You are our strength, our refuge in trouble. You are our God, our path, and our destination. You are our joy, our reason for celebration. You are our hope, our living hope of eternal life. Thanks for listening to our Wednesday night teaching podcast brought to you by Grace Point Community Church in Decula, Georgia. For more about our church, please visit yourgracepoint.com. That's yourgracepoint.com. Until next time, God bless you.